So I know four guys, and these four guys have all heard about surfing. Now the first guy doesn't believe that surfing exists. He's a little bit funny in the head. The second guy, he believes surfing exists, and he doesn't like surfing. Uh, he's tried it, he's not keen, he's never going to do it again. The third guy likes surfing. He does it every now and then, but he's probably the guy who'll do it once every two weeks, because, and when it gets cold, he's not getting out of bed. He's staying put, he's going to sleep in, he's going to stay warm. The fourth guy loves surfing, like no tomorrow. The fourth guy will be getting up at 5 a.m. every morning and driving around and checking every beach and checking the waves and he's reading surf mags and watching surf DVDs. He just loves surfing. It's his life. Now, at the end of the day, though, I think I'm going to offend some people here, but that's okay. At the end of the day, does it really matter what you think about surfing? No, it doesn't matter. If you like surfing, cool. If you don't like surfing, cool. Whatever. doesn't really matter. You see, some things are just of little consequence. They don't really matter that much. A- and tonight I want to ask the question, is Jesus like that? Does it matter what we do with Jesus? Or is Jesus and Christianity just like surfing? Uh, it works for some people and that's nice, so good for you. But it doesn't work for other people, and so just leave it at that. Is Jesus like that? You said it. I want to say, and the Bible's saying, that no, it does matter what we do with Jesus. See, some people think that Christianity is just one of those things you do. It's kind of like, um, you know, you do sport and uh, family and school and friends and Christianity. It's just something you do. But Jesus is different. It matters what we do with Jesus. And why? Here's why. It's because Jesus is not just on about morals, how to live a good life. Jesus is on about the kingdom of God. So he's on about God's people in God's place under God's rule. That's the kingdom of God. And, and you can either belong to the kingdom of God, or you can be excluded from the kingdom of God, each and every one of us. So what we do with Jesus is of massive consequence. In fact, what we do with Jesus will matter for eternity. Do you guys get that? So if someone's just talking about a good way to live, does it really matter how we listen to them? Does it really matter if we listen to them at all? Not really. But if someone's talking about the kingdom of God then it really matters. So someone someone give me some morals. I want to what's a what's a nice good thing to do? Barrel, give me some morals. Let's see if you got any. Don't stab people. Zach, thank you very much. Now, is it really 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 important that the whole world learn specifically that moral from Zach? You hear that? No, my mum told me not to stab people when I was a kid. And I was like jabbing my sister with a pen. All right? So is Zach now the key to our world's salvation? No. Is Zach the key to us getting to heaven? 
Because Zach holds this, this amazing little bit of information that if we don't know that stabbing people's wrong, then I won't get ahead. Does Zach hold the key to us getting to the kingdom of God? No. Put your hand up if you thought it was okay to stab people. You are not welcome. No, you are welcome. You are very welcome. Please continue to come and listen very carefully as I speak from the Bible. But Zach and Jesus are very different. Zach and, Jesus, Zach and Jesus are different because it does matter that everyone in the world listens to Jesus. Everyone kind of knows that you don't stab people. But only in Jesus do we find out how to make it to the kingdom of God, how to become one of God's people in God's place under God's good rule. And so what you do with Jesus has eternal consequences. If Jesus is on about the kingdom of God, then it matters what you do with Jesus. And so the question we need to ask is, do I belong to the kingdom of God? And so to figure that out, we're going to go to Jesus. So it's 2,000 years ago, and the man who cannot be ignored began his ministry. So I want you guys to try and imagine you're there. Picture this. So Jesus starts shredding around. And he starts healing the sick and casting out demons and fixing a paralytic's back. And he teaches as one who has the authority of God himself. And he brings a dead person back to life. And he forgives a woman's sins. He says, your, your faith has saved you. Your sins are gone. And then he does this. Have a look at chapter 8, verse 1. After this... Jesus traveled about from one town and village to another, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. So Jesus moves around preaching the good news that if we trust in him, then we'll freely belong to the kingdom of God. We'll be one of God's people. We'll be in God's place and we'll be under God's good ruling. And so when someone speaks about the most important of all topics and does the kind of amazing stuff that Jesus was doing, it's no surprise that he started to get a massive crowd following him. Have a look at verse 4. While a large crowd was gathering and people were coming to Jesus from town after town, he told this parable. So Jesus sees the crowds. There's all these people coming around from all, all over the place and they come to hear Jesus. And he wants to show them that what we do with him, what they do with him, has eternal consequences. And so he tells this parable. Now, a parable is basically just a story to show, to give a point. And in this story, Jesus speaks about four different ways that you can respond to him. And so it, the story is, as you, as you heard before, it's a farmer who goes out scattering his seed. And the seed is the word of God, the message about Jesus that will get us to the kingdom of God. And it falls on a path rocky ground, thorns, and good soil. And the whole point about the story is that there are four different ways of responding to Jesus and responding to the message about the kingdom of God. Now, put your hand up if you've heard this parable before. Awesome. Let's see the four different ways you can respond to Jesus. First of all, there's the path. And now I'm going to name each of these people, these different ways of responding to Jesus. Hopefully it'll be helpful. So there's the path, and I'm going to call this guy Rejecting Roger. Now, Rejecting Roger is the person who hears the message about Jesus and straight away outright rejects it. 
says, uh uh-uh, lies, don't believe you. Um, Let's have a look at verse 12. We'll hear Jesus explaining his own story, which is really helpful. Verse 12, along the path are the ones who hear, and then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. There's some confusing stuff in there about the devil snatching away the word from the hearts. We're not going to go into that. But the, the basic thing is some people are going to hear the message about Jesus that he is our way to be right with God and are going to outright reject it straight away. They're going to say, uh-uh, Dan, you're a liar. That never happened. Get out of here. And so I want you guys to know whether or not you're rejecting Roger. So we're going to find out right now. So everybody you need to participate in this to find out whether or not you are this person who Jesus is speaking about. Jesus is our only hope to be right with God. We've all rejected God, but Jesus died on the cross and took the punishment that we deserve. And if we trust in him, we'll be in the kingdom of God. We will be friends with God forever, free. We didn't do anything. That's the message about Jesus. If you're sitting there right now saying in your head, don't believe it. Dan, you're a liar. It's not true. Never happened. I'll be fine without Jesus. If you're saying any of that in your head, then you are this person who Jesus is speaking about. You are rejecting Roger. Um, And I want you to see the folly in that. I want you to have a look at the outcome of being Mr. Roger. So have a look at the end of verse 12. It says, The devil comes along, takes away with a word from their hearts, so that, this is the end chunk of verse 12, so that they may not believe and be saved. So the outcome for Roger, for this person, is that they're not saved, which means that they don't end up in the kingdom of God. That's pretty serious stuff. But I want you guys to know the good news is that you don't have to remain a rejecting Roger. If you've come to Jesus and put your trust in Him for what He's done, you will be right with God. That's it. So don't remain a rejecting Roger. Keep thinking on these things. Keep asking your leader questions. Try and find out, asking your leader, did Jesus really come back from the dead? Because if He did, then it's true. Keep pushing into it. Don't stay a rejecting Roger. So there's the first way you can respond. The second way, this is the rocky ground. This guy's name is Troubled Travis. Now this guy, Travis believes in Jesus for a little while, but then hard times come up, and so he, gets, he, he falls away. He stops believing. And let's have a look at verse 13. He'll tell us about it. Verse 13, those on the rocky ground, Travis, are the ones who hear the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in a time of testing, they fall away. These are the people who seem to become Christians. Maybe they're your friend who you've brought along to youth group. They hear the message of Jesus and they respond and they're like, Woo! Jesus! Yeah! I'm going to heaven! And they're partying about it because they should be. But then something bad happens and they stop or they realize that following Jesus is a full-time deal. And they go, oh, it's too hard. I've got this going on. And they eventually just move out from trusting in Jesus. And I want to say to you guys, if you currently don't know anyone who's done this, you will. If you hang around youth long enough, you'll know plenty of people like this. And when you do come across people like this, 
speak to them early on. If you notice them starting to slip away, grab them early and go, hey man, how you going? How you going with your trust in Jesus? Speak to them, pray for them, plead with God that he would show them how good he is because it will happen. The third response, the thorns. This guy's name is Distracted Darren. Now, Darren follows Jesus for quite some time, and it looks awesome. He gets, he changes, he starts trusting in Jesus, and he's been going for a while, and it all looks good, and he thinks he's got it, but after a little while, he starts getting distracted by stuff. Have a look at verse 14. The seed that fell among the thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go along their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they do not mature. So distracted Darrens are the guys who have some sense that, yeah, Jesus is the truth. I need to trust in Jesus. And they get it. And they do for a while, but Jesus is never quite the center of their lives. There's always something else that keeps, they keep putting Jesus to the side and they keep going after that other thing. So maybe sport comes along. And so you just do it for one week. And so you go, oh, I'll do sport first and Jesus later. And then something else comes along, a party comes along, and then eventually all those things keep happening and eventually Jesus is gone from their lives. And now Christians, I want you guys to hear about Distracted Darren. Because you may not be this guy yet, but you could easily become him. Christians, we are, uh, we need to be careful that we don't become Distracted Darrens. We can so easily get distracted by the things around us by the things of the here and now, and forget about eternity. There's so much good stuff going on around us, and we forget that what really matters is what's going to last forever. And so we could easily become distracted Darrens. I want you guys to remember that what we do with Jesus has eternal consequences. And so what you should all be asking right now is, okay, I don't want to become a distracted Darren. How do I not become a distracted Darren? How do I keep trusting in Jesus and persevere in that? I just gave you the answer. How do we rightfully respond to Jesus? How do we respond in a way that assures that we are children of the kingdom of God? It's the path. Sorry, it's the good soil, not the path. It's not the path. It's the good soil. I'm going to call this guy Persevering Pete. This is who we need to be. Now, you guys know what persevering means? Persevering means to just keep on going. And so... The one who truly belongs to the kingdom of God is the one who trusts in Jesus and keeps trusting in Jesus. Have a look at verse 15. But the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, produce a crop. Now, move your eyes down to verse 21. We're going to read that as well. This is Jesus speaking. He replied, Jesus replied, My mother and brothers are those who hear God's word and put it into practice. How do we rightly respond to Jesus? How do we make sure we're children of the kingdom of God? If you're taking notes, this is what you need to write down. It's by persevering and practicing. The thing that makes persevering Pete, persevering Pete, is that he perseveres. Get it? He keeps trusting in Jesus. He hears about Jesus and goes, that's the truth. I believe this. I'm trusting in Jesus and now I'm going to heaven and I'm friends with God. And he keeps trusting in Jesus. 
and he practices what Jesus preaches. Verse 21, Jesus says that my mother and brothers, my family, basically the ones who belong to the kingdom of God like I do, are those who hear God's word and put it into practice. So Christian, what you need to do is you need to keep trusting in Jesus and you need to practice what Jesus preaches. I want to draw your attention to something. Did you notice that um, there were four responses to Jesus, right? But there's not actually four. There's only two. There was, so there was rejecting Roger. Oh, let's see if you guys can remember. There was rejecting Roger. Who was the next guy? I'll give you a hint. It started with a T. Troubled Travis. Hey, don't be him. Who's the third guy? Distracted Daryl. Don't be him. All right. And who's the last one? Persevering Pete. He's a good one. All right. But, so there's, there's the four, right? But there's actually only two. There are those who end up trusting in Jesus and trust in all, his, all their days. And there are those who don't end up trusting in Jesus. So rejecting Roger, troubled Travis and distracted Darren, though they all have different journeys, the end for them, they all have this one thing in common. And it's that they're not persevering Pete. They don't persevere in their trust of Jesus until the end. They give up trusting Jesus. And I want you guys to remember that this stuff has eternal consequences. Only those who persevere in trusting in Jesus, who keep trusting in Jesus till the end, and who practice what Jesus preaches, will be the ones who end up in the kingdom of God. Christianity is not just simply a good and nice thing to do on a Friday night. Being a Christian is an absolute waste of time if it's not true. But if it is true, then this stuff has eternal consequences. It matters that we trust in Jesus and trust in Him until we die. It's about whether you end up in the kingdom of God or not. Now, I really, really want you guys to understand this. I really want you guys to get this. And so... I'm going to, we're going to do an illustration and we'll, hopefully this will help you to understand what's going on. So imagine, what we're going to do is I'm going to give you a scenario and then we're going to look at how the four different people would respond in that situation, all right? So the scenario is that this building is on fire and there's one exit that will work. Now, do you guys see what the parallel is? Our only hope to be right with God is Jesus. Okay, now let's see how the four guys would react to this. So rejecting Roger, remember him? He, reje- Roger is the guy who hears the message and just outright rejects it. He goes, nah, don't believe it. So it'd go something like this. Roger! Oh, good. Uh, yeah, right, Curtis. Stop wasting my time. See you later. Yeah, what happens to Roger? Dead in a fire. All right. Troubled Travis. He's the one who believes for a while. He believes the message, but then a hard thing comes along, a hard time comes along in his life, and it takes him away from Jesus. Let's see how troubled Travis would respond. Oh, Curtis. What? That building, that door over there is the only way out. 
I'm confused. Is it the door or the building over there? Door over there. Thanks so much, Curtis. I believe you, and I'm going to get out of here. Oh, I stumped my tire. That's painful. I don't know if I can make it to the door anymore because I stumped my tire. Oh, I think it'll be safer if I sit down over here in the fire. What happened to Travis? Dead in the fire. Distracted Darren. Darren believes for a little while, but then he gets distracted by the world. Let's see how this would play out. Oh, Curtis. What? He's getting quick. All right, I'm going. Oh, there's, um, there's not many cool people out there. I'm, um, I'm feeling distracted by the world. I feel like all, uh, I, maybe I want to stick with the cool people. I think it'd be better for my reputation if I stay in the burning building but hang out with cool people. So I don't want to be lame. I don't want to be, I don't want people to think I'm lame. What happens to Darren? All right. You guys getting this? Persevering Pete. I'm sorry it's not funny anymore, but I want to see it through, okay? We've committed to this. Persevering Pete, he hears the message. He goes, yeah, I can see the flames. It's true. And so he believes it, and he perseveres. He just goes through anything he does, anything that comes his way, so that he can get to the kingdom of God, so he can get out of the building. Let's see how it would go. Oh, hey, Curtis. (laughs) Oh, wow. Thanks so much, Curtis. I believe you. Oh, I stumped my toe. Oh, no. It's heaps painful. But I reckon fire's worse. Oh, all the cool people are in here. What's better? Cool being, having a good reputation, getting saved, going to heaven. I don't know. Nah, screw you guys. What happens to Pete? He made it! Woohoo! No, the, um, Jesus put the flames out. And so I'm fine. So you guys get it? What do we need to do to make sure, guys, listen up. I'm summing up. What do we need to do to make sure that we get to the kingdom of God? We need to persevere in our trust in Jesus. We need to push to the end. And we need to practice what Jesus preaches. Only persevering Pete will end up in the kingdom of God. And so will you be the good soil? Will you be Pete? Or will you be one of the other three? Will you trust in Jesus till the end of your days? And practice what he preaches? Or will you give up? Let's all be Pete's. I'm going to pray that God would make us Pete's. So pray with me. Close your eyes. That'll help you not be distracted. Father God, thank you so much that you're so gracious to us. Thank you, God, that you have made a way for us to be right with you again. 
Thank you that Jesus is the truth and you've shown that to us in your word. Thank you for speaking to us. Please, God, make us the good soil. Please make us persevering peats. Help us to trust Jesus' words. Help us to trust that he alone can save us from our rejection of you, our sin. Help us to practice what Jesus says. Help us to follow him, not only as our Savior, but as our Lord. He is our great King and our wonderful King who died for us, and we love you for that. In Jesus' name, amen.